Well, guys, my name's Nick Barlow. As he said, I'm an intern here. And, you know, he had to hype me up a little bit. But, you know, let, let me just hype up our, uh, our staff. You know, I'd hype up just Justin, but, like, everybody decided to come tonight. Give it up for my head. Josh Coffrey back there. Yeah. Head pastor. I've been in his school of ministry for almost two years now. This is the first time ever hearing me preach. It's crazy. I've given over, like, 900 five-minute sermons. But, uh, you know, like, buddy, all these people that I can pour into, Lex, Faye, Gabe, every single one of them, they're so awesome. But can we please just give it up for Justin Fryer real quick? Give it up for our youth pastor, bro. Like, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. So he, like, he invests so much in me and gives me the opportunity to get up here and speak to y'all. Like, it just blows my mind how much you see out of me and you pull out of me. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart and our hearts for everything that you do for us, bro. It's ridiculous. We thank you for that. And let me go ahead and do one thing. I want to pray before we do this because this has been a day, man. I'm on the way here flowing in the spirit. I'm praying for y'all, praying in tongues. And I, you know, run out of gas. That was kind of on me. And then I get here setting up for, you know, setting up for y'all. I'm like, that's a later problem. I'll worry about the gas later. So I get here. Dawson, appreciate you bringing me here, by the way. Uh, I needed a ride. Um, yeah, so we get here and I'm setting up. My pants rip all the way down the butt crack, all the way. So yeah, I had to call my mom. I'm like, mom, dude, I ain't got a ride to go home and get pants. I need you to come here and bring me pants now. Don't no back lip. Just bring me pants. I need something. So she gets here. I get the pants. And finally, things are settling down. Marissa brings me food. I'm comforted. I'm fine. So, yeah, all the way down the butt, like right there, all the way down, all the way. It was bad. It was bad. But so I'm a, tonight's going to be a really good night, guys. I'm going to be a little vulnerable with y'all. But first, we're going to talk about a little bit about me. Man, a lot of y'all know me because I've been here for a long time. Some of you don't. I may or may not be a gym bro. May or may not. It's debatable. Um, a gym rat, you know, hey, bro, you eat your chicken and rice today? You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, protein shake, what's happening, dog? All right, you know, that's what I'm saying. Hey, dude, what's your bench max? Like, dude, like, I go to the gym, but that's not all I am. I have a heart, but that's fine. Like, if you know Kevin Stillwell, he ain't even in the building today. Like, a lot of people do it. Anytime he sees me, bro, he's like, what's up? Right here, this is him. We'll just walk around, bu bucking up at me. I'm like, Hello, Kevin. Like, how are you doing? Now my whole crew does it. Little Luke Purvis, Dawson Nesbitt right here. But boom. what's up, bro? I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody just bucks at me because I'm a gym bro. But that's something that I found my identity in a lot of times because that's something that I love to do. And we call that bodybuilding. I'm just going to give you a little background. Y'all can sleep through this if you want to. Don't do that. I'll throw something at you. Yeah, for real. But that's called bodybuilding. A lot of the times people use that interchangeably with the word body sculpting. So basically in this, you can see your flaws and you can work on them. I've begun to, you know, fall in love more and more with myself because that's something that I've had to work on. Bodybuilding, man, going to the gym every single day, countless hours, eating the chicken and rice, doing all these things, changing who I am so I can point out my flaws. That's just how body sculpting works, right? But to really be good and set apart in body sculpting, to be the Arnold Schwarzenegger, to get to the very top, you have to learn to fall in love with the mirror. Can I get my man lost enough here? You're going to struggle with this. Y'all just watch this man struggle. I got, yeah, Jim Bro. Yeah, I recruited this guy. Let's give it up. Yeah. Yeah. I knew this was coming. Look, I just want to watch him struggle now. I was going to help you, but I don't anymore. No, he don't need help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, here, you can set it right here. A little back, a little back, a little back. Here, we're going to turn it. Right here, all right. 
the mirror. Y'all finna just get the look. Oh, I didn't even think about the can lights. Oh my goodness. No Roy's got to sit here looking at himself the whole night, bro. <laughs> He's he gets <laughs> he just gets to sit here. Sorry, I don't even know how to do this anymore. Tell me when to stop. Turn the lights off. I don't know. Or deal with it. I don't care. Okay, yeah, cut the can lights. Can we do that? Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I'm preaching that. That's fine. I don't need, I am the light. I don't need the light. I am the light. Come on, somebody. Yeah. So like I'm talking about, you had to begin to fall in love with the mirror. This guy right here. For such a long time, man, I hated that thing right there. Every single morning when I woke up, or every single morning when we wake up, we all have to look at this thing. We all have to look in the mirror. But for such a long time, I hated that thing. I stayed home from church because of this thing. I stayed home from school events because of that thing. I faked sick because of this thing. So many times because of this thing right here. Oh, don't make a move, my fault. Yeah. All right, bet. All right. <laughs> but so many times, man, because of this thing right here, I hated who I was. Just uh, I'm slowly becoming more and more confident in who I am, and I can actually look in the mirror, but I was, I'm not always the same gym bro, same guy that you always see. You know, the guy who, like, I'm confident and cocky, like he was saying, a little bit sometimes, but that's just because I've worked hard for it. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, but that's not always been me. I've had to look in this mirror so many times, and I've cried my eyes out, cried myself to sleep because of the way that I looked. I'm going to start crying. So I'm a seventh, eighth grade crew leader. And back in those days, I was not always, you know, I couldn't always fit in skinny jeans. I usually had to hem them because I was, I was short. I was a little stubby, a lot, a lot stubby. Looked like I swallowed a watermelon. That happened, yeah. I went through that stage, yeah. But um, I'm not always the same guy that you've seen. A lot of the times when I went places, fat boy, you need something else to eat? Heard that a lot. So we'll chalk that one up. Fat boy. Every single day. Fat boy, you need something else to eat? The classroom, the lunchroom, the bus, baseball practice, football practice. Fat boy, you need something else to eat? Chubby, heard that one a lot too. Oh, I just put a... Whoop, I need to go through vocabulary first. Chubby, heard that one a lot. Short, we'll go with that one too. I heard that a lot too. Short. I went through that stage a lot, and that really broke my heart. Man, there was one specific day. I was on the baseball team in, my, in eighth grade. You know, I was finally, like, finding friends and stuff like this. And, but I still hated the way that I looked, so every single day I had to change in the stall because I couldn't do it in front of my friends. And one day I come out of the stall to see my whole entire snack box across the locker room and my friends standing over it. Hey, fat boy, come pick him up. We know you need him. So as I pick him up, everybody's laughing at me as I pick him up. Fat boy, you need something else to eat? As you can tell, I heard that a lot. So that's cool. Y'all may not be going through that stage. 
But then, you know, I hated who I was, so I began to come to church. Sat in the same chairs. Well, these are new chairs, but different chairs. Same church. Yeah, appreciate that, Josh. New for the new chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I began to come to church. I loved who I was here because I thought people actually liked who I was here. Fat boy, you need something else to eat? I still heard it at school, but then I came to church, and it was, it was all good. So I began to come a lot. This is when Josh was youth pastor. Man, he was speaking right to me. I was finding my identity in the church. I finally went to a camp and gave my life to Christ. I found my identity in who he said I was, loved, valued, beautiful. But then I came back. Y'all know that post-camp depression. I came right back to it. Fat boy, you need something else to eat? I heard that again and again. And then, you know, Josh stepped up into lead pastor, and that wasn't for me anymore. So I left. And I went into high school and grew up a little bit. Got a little taller, got a little skinnier, but nothing changed. Because I was still known as fat boy, regardless. I mean, because I got a little taller, a little skinnier, but I was still fat boy. Fat boy, you need something else to eat? We know you need it. Okay. So I'll work on that. I changed that just a little bit. But then I started, you know, venture off into trying to find girls. We don't want you. You're still, you're ugly, bro. What you talking about? So then I got labeled ugly a lot. I heard that one a lot. Ugly. You show off too much. Show off. Cocky. I heard that one a lot. See, there's this huge misconception nowadays that if you are popular, you are liked. But that is so messed up because just because you're popular, that means people know of you. That doesn't mean anybody knows you. Outside of the 73 to Lee County, I was lonely. Nobody wanted me. They wanted homecoming King Nick Barlow. They wanted the popular guy that everybody, yo, what's up, Nick, in the hallway, but nobody stopped to talk. They just said something when they walked by. That's all they wanted. Outside of going from the bell rings to the bell rings, I was cool, man. Everybody knew who I was. I was liked, but nobody liked me outside of that. Fat boy, you need something else to eat? All the way until I graduated high school, I heard that over and over and over and over and over. And then I finally got labeled, you know, homecoming king. In anybody else's eyes, I was labeled as popular And liked, everybody wanted to know Nick Barlow, but nobody knew Nick Barlow. This is such a big part of my life because I graduated high school with nobody in my corner. I never, I didn't go off to college because I didn't know anybody. I stayed here, but that was all part of a bigger plan. See, I spent so much time trying to be homecoming king and didn't even realize that I would be a king when I came home. Guys, you, me, every single person in this room is a king and a queen of God. You are a child of God. You are loved. You are beautiful. You are valued in every form and fashion. But when you live out of the labels that other people give you, you'll never see that. So how do we, I hear you, Nick. I appreciate that. I hear you, man. You finally found your identity in God. You're a king and a queen. But man, I'm still in eighth grade. I'm still 11th grade. No guy wants me. But 
I hear you. I understand that you're at a loss now. What do I do with this new information that I have an identity in Christ, but I still have an identity for my friends? You need to understand that there is something bigger going on here that is bigger than just your friend calling you ugly or a druggie because you found yourself in that. I went through that stage too, druggie. Alcoholic. I went through that stage. Because I had to find something. I had to find something to relieve the pain that I was going through each and every day. But it was just momentary. We need to understand there's something bigger. There was a battle right here. There is a real enemy seeking to destroy us each and every day. We all know this verse. We say it a lot. I say we all know this verse. We say it a lot around here if it's your first time. John 10 10 reads, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy comes to kill our mental health anytime that we raise it just a little bit to be happy. He comes to steal the joy that we find from the identity we have in Christ. And he comes to destroy the labels that Jesus went to the cross to die for so we can say that about ourselves. Loved, valued, king, queen, image bearer of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. But he fights the enemy each and every day, so we will not find that out. And I went many, many years, many, 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 many years looking in a mirror, seeing all this druggy, alcoholic, ugly, fat boy. Has anyone ever seen the movie Identity Theft with Melissa McCarthy and Jason Bateman? That's a good movie. We can breathe now. All right. I ain't going to cry no more, I don't think. That's a really good movie, right? I mean, hey, Melissa McCarthy, you know, she's balling out, stealing everybody's identity. She's balling, man. She's getting identity after identity, cashing out credit cards, cashing out credit cards, man, just living her life. And one day she steals Jason Bateman's identity. But he decides not to lay back. He decides to pursue after her, find her, and get his identity back so he can begin to live out of that, you know, so he can keep his life. He can keep who he is. So that, you know, the movie ends, he ends up catching her, she turns herself in, and he gets his identity back. And I find such a parallel to this movie in our life. But a lot of the times when the enemy steals our identity, we don't fight for it, we just accept it. We just look in the mirror and accept that. But that's crap, dude. We have to begin to fight for our identity. It is concrete, written in stone in the Bible that we are loved valued, beautiful, but at the same time, we accept what everybody else says about us here on earth. We don't realize that when we, one day we will be kings and queens sitting next to God at his right hand. Man, we're living in such a label generation. When anybody's, what you say about me is what I am, but that ain't true. It's not true. So there was this guy in the Bible. His name was Saul. Saul, S-A-U-L, yep, vocabulary lesson. He was living in Jerusalem. Man, he was killing Christians. He was straight up killing us, bro. Like, he was just, phew, 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 killing Christians. But one day, he was on the way to go capture a bunch of Christians, take them into slavery, and God strikes him down. He has an encounter with God on the way to capture Christians. He is blinded and forever changed. He's forever changed. He is different. He is no longer Saul, the Christian killer. Later in Acts, it goes on to say that he is Paul. 
someone who loves God. Acts 1.9 says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Saul was living in Jerusalem, killing these Christians. But after that encounter with God, everything was changed. His identity was changed. But this story breaks my heart. Acts 13.9 says, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, this specific scripture goes on to tell a different story. But I want to focus on this little part of Acts 13.9. You can go on and read the rest of it later. It says, Then Saul, who was called Paul. This man, Paul, was changed inside out by the... By, he had an encounter with God, and he was different. He was no longer living out of Saul. He was Paul. He was a different man. But, but everybody in Jerusalem was calling him Saul. The Christian killer. And this breaks my heart because I feel like this is such this is such a story for a lot of us in the room tonight. We may be different. And may, we may not have had an encounter with God yet, but we are different. We understand that drugs are bad. We understand that finding our identity in alcohol is bad. But we're still living out of this. We're looking in the mirror every day, seeing these labels and accepting them. But the really cool thing about Paul is he didn't just accept these labels. He lived out of the label that God said he was when he had his encounter. And that was a child of God. And that's what each and every one of us in this room is tonight. We are children of God, image bearers of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Guys, I want to encourage you and tell you that you are not what everybody else says you are. You are who he says you are each and every day. And again, I hear you saying, Nick, all right, cool. I'm, I'm an image bearer of the throne, bro. Like, that's awesome. Like, cool, cool, cool. All right, I'm going to go to school tomorrow. I'm going to be different. But then somebody's going to call you a fat boy. And then somebody's going to call you a druggie. Then somebody's going to call you, I had this one too, a sex addict. Somebody's going to call you that. Somebody's going to, you're going to get to school tomorrow. Somebody's going to call you stupid for what you're doing. Nick, how can you be an image bearer of the kingdom of God when you're over here drinking, when you're over here having sex with all these girls? How can you do that? That ain't right. There's such a big parallel that we have in this life right now. And we need to learn to live out of the identity that is set in concrete in the Bible, not of what people says about us. But in order, but in order for things to change, in order for labels to break in our life, something has to break. Oh. Something has to break. You have to begin to break the labels in your life by changing your habits by changing what you do you have to begin to break the labels in your life by simply seeking God you have to begin to fight for your identity here on earth because the enemy is not going to sit back and let you accept the fact that you are loved and valued he's going to tell you you're stupid and not valued each and every day he's going to he's going to lead someone to call you fat He's going to bring someone to call you stupid when you are loved, valued. 
You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. You were knit perfectly in your mother's womb, perfect with no flaws. But the enemy is not going to sit back and let you accept that. Something has to break in your life. You have to begin to not worry about that. Break the labels in your life by setting your own. I set my own labels after I come back to church by simply just writing on my mirror, loved, valued, accepted, child of God. I put this all over the place in my room, on mirrors, in my truck, in binders, Every single place that I looked, I was reminded that I was valued and loved and perfect. And that's what you have to do to break the labels of the earth. You have to begin to repeat the labels of the kingdom. But like I said, there's not a lot of people who always do this now because I know where you're at. I've been there. You're going to go back to school tomorrow or you're going to go into town and you're going to hear the labels of the earth. But we have to remember, we are fighting from a place of victory, not for victory in our life. We have to remember that this is set concrete in the word of God that is today, yesterday, and forever. It will never change, and it is always the same. We have to remember that. So tonight, I want to encourage each and every one of you to begin to do that. Begin to fight for your identity. Because he's won the battle, we just have to begin to think it here.